Hello everyone, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. Welcome to the 39th episode of the Skate Talks with a Wheel Addict. This episode today was originally made to be a YouTube video and it was actually a YouTube live stream. And I had three guests that are experts when it comes to 3D printing skate parts. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. And that is it. I got my four guests. What's up, guys? How are you doing? <laughs> so doing good. It's where no one knows who to talk first. <laughs> so let, let, let me let me present. Why, like right below me, we got Kyle Sola. He, man, I think the best is if you say who you are and what you do. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, I'm Kyle Sola. I am. I'm an industrial designer and street skater, and uh, yeah, here to talk about 3D printing. <laughs> awesome. I know that you have a lot to talk, even if you don't, you <laughs> seem to not talk a lot, but you, you know a lot, and it's going to be interesting. We are kind of limited with time. We have about one hour to do the whole thing, so let's go to Justin. Justin, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you do and how did you got into 3D printing? Yeah. Um, I'm Justin. I go by Justin Thursday on the internet. Uh, I'm 32. I've been skating for a little over 20 years now. Um, always loved designing skates. Um, and then just in the last year or so did I realize it was possible to start building my own products uh, through 3D printing. Um, still designing stuff that I can't make just yet, but uh, looking forward to seeing what I come up with. Awesome. And then on the other corner, <laughs> we got Claudio. Claudio is actually the person that sent me the frame. Uh, it was like almost two months ago, but we just received. I just received it last week. Claudio, you've been into the, into this three D printing for a while. You want to tell us a little bit more? Uh, yeah, it actually. Oh well, <laughs> it started when my my remedy broke, my original rams from ninety eight, and I wanted to like rebuild the shell. And that never happened. Uh, but I started to build a soul plate for Salomon, and that kind of blew up a little bit. And now I'm hosting Rebooting Tech, where I try to collect all like the open source parts to be used for blading or to be designed. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So the thing is, I was already speaking about this last week when I made my video about 3D printing products. And one of the things that I said, and some people might not know, is a lot of companies were already 3D printing stuff as prototypes. But it wasn't until, I think it was 2016, that I first met Kyle. And Kyle told me that it was possible to build something else. Basically, the first time that I met Kyle, let me just show you. The first time that I met Kyle, he was at the winter class and he was... Kyle, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that product? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a first of all, it's not a product, um, but it was uh, actually, it's, it's, it was an experiment that I was working on um, with Tom Heiser and 
we named it the the blank warlock experiment say and essentially what we were trying to do was to create a to create a, a basic custom flat uh, flat bottom ufs carbon shell as you can as you had shown in the picture um integrating rollerblades uh blank liners that tom developed uh some some off-the-market uh cuffs these were we pulled these off of david sizemore's follow skate um some straps over the foot and having a, a one-piece sole plate and frame combination essentially uh, building a file that we would be able to to very easily change the geometries uh, of the wheelbase, the wheel sizes, um, and essentially kind of uh, skew the rockering to the riders uh, to the riders' uh, needs, needs or wants, let's say, um, to the the wheelbase, the wheel spread, the wheel sizes, the also the H block height, H block diameter, and things like this. So this was, say, this was a very early, say, primitive Frankenstein uh, movement to this. But it was it was scalable. We printed the bottom, uh, the one piece frame and sole plate, uh, fully in nylon, and, uh, and and skated it for quite some time. Okay, so that the thing is for me. I'm going to be honest with you when you first when you guys first showed that yes it was an amazing concept and I know that you were working developing concepts for rollerblade that was somehow your job for for quite a bit of time but when I first met you with this skate you told me something that's what stu got stuck in my head for the longest period of time and that's when you show me that you said yes and I'm also working on something which is There is a frame which is made of aluminium, but I can actually have it 3D printed. And when you first told me that, I was like, no, but how can you 3D print aluminium? And that was my first reaction, or that was my first time hearing about 3D printing something that could be scalable. Now, fast forward it like two years, two and a half years, and you are working with, some, with John Julio on a new product. And that's how we first skated that product, right? The 909? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was, I mean, this, this prototype here was the first, say, printed shell. Um, so the, the blank skate was, the blank uh, experiment skate was the first, uh, the first one that we were printing. Um, actually, the, I'd say, around 50% of the skate and and successfully skating um, being the frames and the sole plate on the on the 909 was uh, was really about having something that you can you can put your foot in it was maybe more of a more of an aesthetic uh, driving more traditional industrial design Uh, sort of thing to check the fit, to check the way that it looks, the way that the lacing uh, covers the foot, the proportions, the shape, and all of this kind of stuff. Um, 
so basically this was this is scalable but not to the degree that you would say uh, would would feel like the final thing where i maybe i think what the what claudio justin and i have in common is that we've we realized or we found out that printing for the parts that we're specifically grinding on um, are working really well um, for the sole plates and for the frames uh, if it's if it's designed to be 3d printed um, and taking into the to consideration the the kind of geometries that you need to do then this uh, to be able to print to 3d print frames makes frames and sole plates makes uh, kind of the most sense where this is this is still a bit like this is a bit too hard, but this is also designed to be injection molded. If that makes sense over there. Yeah, I understand what you mean, but the thing is that wasn't really made to be a skatable version. Basically, that's exactly. what I was kind of saying that a lot of other brands are doing as a way to to see how it really works, and it's more like a, to conceptualize the rest of the project, right? Yeah, like it's, a, let's say it's a proof of concept. Yeah. Uh, okay, but then sort of you got before someone... We, before we would invest into more uh, injection tooling. Okay, it does make sense. So this is somehow what I said again on the last video that I made, which is if we were already there to have a skatable shell, it wouldn't make sense to right now invest into making um, a whole new mold. Am I wrong with this? Or it's just because of cost? Because could, could we make a skatable shell at the moment? Like a yeah, full-on skatable? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Um, How much would that cost us? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, with know, the same materials? Bucks, I guess, okay. I'd say the first factor is uh, the time, the development time that's invested into it. And the the design of this, the design and the development time, which is say it's considerable. Yeah. And then you have the experience and the know-how. And then it's the one thing is to make something that's scalable. The other thing is to make it market viable. Um, I would say that to have a in the market to have something that's that's three D printed. Um, for an end customer, then you also have to you have to have the, this bespoke tailoring aspect of of measuring the person's foot and or three D scanning the person's foot to be able to build this uh, shell around it. Um, Basically, what's made on speed skates, almost. It, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So, so if you take the traditional kind of path of of making a say this Mariani speed skates in Italy. Yeah, like they cast your foot, they make the, the mold of your foot on a cast. Yeah, so you can you can you have to know also how to 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 scan the person's foot in the correct manner. Yes. Uh, the position needs to be right. You, your, this, your is, knee needs to be is, in a certain position. Yeah. And all that. So to do it for let's say to do it for one person or to do it for somebody that's close makes sense but to make it market viable and have it essentially taking this this digital world and making it uh, 
globally accessible is not quite there because we don't we need this especially with something so intimate as footwear we need we need the the connection or we need the technology infrastructures if that makes yeah. sense and so in, I, yeah, so I think in, if I can so Adidas just... and Nike they have this they have mm -hmm. these sorts of things but I would say since you can't easily buy 3D printed sneakers even in in this huge market it's not there yet I think the so problem is we're like we're going to be oh, like trailing <laughs> that I would say okay but sorry, Claudio. What, what, sorry, like I tried to inter I tried to interrupt. Yeah. The, I shouldn't have. Um, I think the problem may, lies in the mass production. If you if you want to do like a thousand pieces, it takes you probably or like ten thousand. Takes you way longer like to just print them, and it's way, way too expensive at the moment. Then it, it just makes more sense to make a mold and inject it. But if you go for an, indi an individual solution for a customized skate that fits your foot. The frame that has like exactly the distance that you want, then it makes sense to produce like one single piece and then maybe find someone who also wants it, and then you make okay. it already. So, so going in something like like when I made the last question to Carl, you actually started answering, and you both gave completely different answers because Carl actually started giving me an answer, which is from the from the brand side, from the company side, which needs to invest in someone to designing it, all that part that costs a lot of money, like the development of a product. And you came right away with a completely different answer. You told me right away, a thousand euros, which is like, obviously you're talking about how much would it cost just once once someone has already the, the project that you've been yeah. working on, then that would be approximately the cost. Is that it? Or I probably more like 2000 pair I, it's my rough guess but <laughs> yet yeah, the whole design i never count that in because i just do it for myself and it's my time <laughs> but yeah kyle is of course totally right i mean uh i wouldn't want to count the hours i put into soul plate so far it's probably way too much anyway but uh, <laughs> it's probably a couple of yeah yeah i think 20 40 000 bucks <laughs> if you take all the time and the swiss Sorry, <laughs> no, that's way too much. But really, I, I would even say more. Yeah. The amount of times that I see you posting, like I mean, uh, well, these different things. Let me just show people this thing uh, that I never had. I uh, had the clock running, to be honest. There. <laughs> okay, so now that we're talking about, we're talking about scalable. Like, give me a rough price. I'm sorry that I'm going into money because this is something that a lot of people always ask. Give me a rough price for something like this. Uh, I had it estimated and it was like between six and 900 bucks. And we'll probably break if I try it with, well, Kyle could answer that if it will break, but um, I probably don't want to spend that much money and being not being sure Six to nine will hold up. Is, is accurate. <laughs> Sorry? Uh, what did you say? Six, between six and nine hundred per pair is accurate. Okay. And do you think that would be scalable? I don't know the transparent stuff, to be honest, Kyle. No, the transparent is not uh, anything transparent isn't UV stable, so it'll, it'll crack. Yeah. Um, but actually, what Claudio built is, is like an advanced version 
of what we built for the blank warlock skate that we showed mm-hmm. first. So what Claudio built is, is definitely more advanced and it's certainly scalable. Okay. Yeah, I'll see soon, as soon as I get my print. <laughs> like, am I, am I right if I say that this is a little bit of what Justin Rubeski did by cutting some Aeons a couple of years ago? Obviously not the same, not 3D printed, but the concept was kind of there, which was something that was done also with the fifth elements back in the 90s, right? Exactly. Yeah, the soul frames, like the one-piece soul plate and frame. Gives you more stability, mm-hmm. holds the boot a little bit better. And you get you can get rid of the UFS bolts. So in my new design for the for the excess them, I have to make a shorter frame. So I can't even mount it with USF, UFS bolts if I want a frame that fits it. So I try to make like just a one piece sole where I can fit it on the boot with the eight screws. And yeah, let's see if that works out. I okay, you're so. you're making it anytime soon? Are you making any time are you making it I'm, anytime soon? Yeah, I just redesigned the whole thing a bit from what you've seen because I wasn't I wasn't happy with the lines. And now I'm waiting for my body to print me like just a sole plate as a fitting test. So what I do, I, I print it like really cheap on a FDM printer for like ten bucks. And then I just see I can show you that actually. Oh. So these are like just home printed sole plates. Would that be scalable? Um, like a couple of times, but it probably shatter. I broke like, I don't know, 20 pairs, just trying them um, and having fun. And an, an FDM, my, my, an FDM yeah. printer is basically like, sorry, if, if I can just oh. uh, explain yeah. that there's like two technologies that we're talking about with plastic. Um, one is FDM, which is fuse deposition modeling. And essentially, it's like uh, a lot of string. Essentially, it's like it's like a hot glue gun that's yeah. feeding plastic through it, controlled by a computer. So it it drops the plastic where you want it to, and then it goes to another layer and just builds on top of this. Like your okay. Is that a fair? Uh, is that a fair uh, representation? Yeah, yeah, it's a good explanation. Very I think good everyone right? understands. So what I found um, out is it is extremely. Uh, it slides extremely well, just the FDM, and it's kind of durable on grinding, but it shatters on impact. So that's oh, like so that's the main good problem. for me because I don't jump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it did hold up enough to skate for Adrian to skate the Winter Clash. So <laughs> I think it's what? still like just, was he on yeah. those? No, he was like okay. three years ago, probably. He skated okay. uh, Salomon's in one of my two-piece soul plates. But I had just a small printer. I had to print it out in two pieces, and they came back completely destroyed. But they hold up. I still have some footage from him skating it, but since he's an adept, I'm going to not sure. And now, wait, wait, let me just bring Justin into this conversation because you guys, I know that Claudio has been working into special effects and stuff like that. I don't even know if I can call it special effects, the type of stuff that Claudio has been doing. Emotional effects, sorry. I know that a lot of people 
has seen your work and a lot of people don't even know that you were the one doing it. In a lot of skating videos and even in bigger productions, you've been working in, like you said, like a lot of 3D stuff. And for you to bring that into skating was probably easier. Kyle, we have an industrial designer. Now, Justin is someone with a lot of passion for, for skating who somehow started making his own stuff. You want to show us the soap plate that you had in your hand, please? Me? Yeah. That you had there. So, yeah, well, these guys are the professionals. I'd call myself a hobbyist. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, let me go the right way here. So, this is a fully symmetrical soul plate. You can kind of see that groove there. Okay. So, you can imagine something like the God's soul plate where you can spin it around, except with this you can still keep your soul plate wider than your negative plate. So nothing ever feels weird. Nothing has that weird top-down look on the negative side. Actually fits quite well in the negative. But this is just a test print. So this is... Um, is that the FTM that we're talking about? Or that's yeah, like the... yeah, it is. So you can print at different densities with that as well. So this is only a what's called a 20% infill. Um, so it's literally hollow inside with like cross bridging. Um, if I tried skating this, like within the third grind, something would break off. I did a couple of stalls and I could hear it crunching, but I wanted to see how the groove felt on a ledge and things like that. Because, so I had these printed just for a test fit before I go into a more expensive print or have them machined. You'll notice they're a bit blocky. My intention is to have them machined, but the cheapest way to test the fit was just to have them printed. But you can imagine a CNC okay. machine, you know, carving these yeah. blocky lines and things like that. So, And would you do so just to now to the professional ones? Would something like that work on, uh, on the other technique? Because what's the name of the other technique, Carl? Sorry, the other technique of 3D printing. So there's, there's, a, there's two versions of one technique. Um, Normally, when you see white printed parts, like uh, say, like something like this, then it's laser centered, and that's basically you have a bed of, of nylon powder and a laser that's going over layer by layer and uh, centering. So it doesn't melt it, but it gets it very hot, so that these uh, powder particles melt together in the areas <laughs> that was hit with a laser. And then sorry to interrupt before you go to the next one. Is yeah. that the technique that is that the one that I bought for my solar frames? Because there was there was yes. a white version. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that was the poly polyamide ones. Um, the and also the let's say this alumide. Um, Justin's making parts in it. I'm also I'm making parts in it. It's this is a uh, it's nylon mixed with uh, aluminum powder. So it makes it, it makes it quite a bit harder. Um, so that's done, with the, that's done with the laser. And in, uh, I guess it's in the past few years, the, there's a technology from HP um, that everybody knows is like their, either their office or their home printer. Um, Let me look. HP is, has a technology called multi-jet fusion. <laughs> Um, and that's basically the gray parts that you see from Claudio or myself. So like 
this is coming from HP. It's also nylon. Um, if we're going to get into like, how this works. Uh, essentially, what they do is they lay, uh, and why it's gray or why, let's say, the parts turn like black once you skate them is because the parts are, are made from a white powder that has black ink dropped on it in the areas that it should be printed. And then a UV light goes over the bed of powder to fuse everything together that has black ink on it. And this is, and this is why it's coming from HP because they're, they're incredibly specialized in putting ink on stuff essentially. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, so, so most of the stuff that the, the strength is higher, the, depending on who you print it with, the cost can be lower. Um, and uh, Claudio and I, we, we live very close to each other and we use, we collaborate on a lot of things um, that you've like, seen floating around on the internet and share knowledge and experience and things like this. Um, and we use the same printer that's, close by that has very uh, high quality and quick turnaround and, and good pricing in Switzerland. Okay. So that's materialized. Is that the name of the brand? No, the, uh, the name of the print. It's a company that's here a, called Exoparts. Yeah, it's a local service. Okay. Yeah. So that materializes so the one company that does it for internationally or something like that. Uh, yeah. Materialize yeah. is, Let's say they're the major, uh, they're the major printer for Europe, and then there's a company called Shapeways in the U.S. That is okay. the major printer for, for let's say, uh, non-business use <clears throat> in the United States. Yeah, that's like the one you want to go to if you're just gonna print some stuff and be good with it. Actually, we just pay more to import this stuff to Switzerland, so we just print it here, than printing it outside okay. of. Switzerland's not. It makes sense. Switzerland's sort of <laughs> not in Europe. Yeah. Let me make another question, Kyle. You showed us a soul plate. What was that? The, sh the yeah, soul plate uh, that you were showing us? Can yeah, you show so us that? I, yeah, I can show you this. Um, this is this is like a this is a recent skate prototype of the for the new road blade skate that but that's different from the first one that we saw right let me just show you some let me just show something to the people because there was something here that i wanted to show and that is the yeah um so that's a, that is a photo that dominic wagner took for rollerblade from uh, say a, a development sample that sven has been skating the past few months Okay. Um, so actually, people can check that out on the on the Rollerblade Instagram. Yeah, that was also an interview on Big Wheel Blading where yeah, there was Tom a, speak there was about a Big Wheel Blading interview with Tom uh, recently that I think is quite informative about the the design and development process from a big from a, a, say quite a big company like Rollerblade or the biggest company like Rollerblade. Um, in this in this market, uh, but actually, I can I can show I can show some things, but maybe I can also I can talk about it if you're if you're asking about it. 
Um, Show me what you have there. Yeah. So essentially, what if in the in the context of three D printing, the with this project uh, Rollerblade, we use three D printing to to quickly test concepts to get it on a rider. Uh, say locally, having myself being able to skate something, being able to connect with Maxime Genot in Lausanne to skate things. Um, to give things to Sven, to give things to uh, Cameron or Tom or uh, Sean Keen. So specifically in soul plates, um, I think it can be uh, directly seen in the in the rollerblade uh, Instagram posts that are kind of they're teasing the the in development skate um, that there is an overhaul going on in the soul plates and. Uh, what's been great is that we can print things, get them onto a rider quite quickly and learn from it. We can also see how it looks on the skate, how it, how it functions at the same time and skate it. So the recent stuff that you've seen from, from Sven is with, or that people have seen from Sven is with these new soul plates. The, a lot of the recent stuff from Cameron Talbot is with these. There's also, there's a picture floating around on the internet of Cameron that, just like really rode these things, skated all the way through the wall. So he's been definitely putting putting this stuff to the to the test. But the it's allowed us to try a lot of concepts very quickly and and as I said, tested. So say from the beginning, trying this two uh, wing concept for the skate, then closing it closing it off and having something that. Uh, Say it's a bit more, uh, say traditional. Uh, mm -hmm. it. That's the one that we're using at the Winter Clash, right? The second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sven had these at Winter Clash. Okay. Um, I think Tom had them at Winter Clash as well, and then essentially to a to a more recent version that mounts directly. To the boot as the normal solos are and closing it off so it's all gonna it's gonna look good awesome that's so cool there's a there's the testing and there's the aesthetic component of it where say normally 3d printing hasn't been functional and it hasn't been uh it has been essentially for aesthetic validations or geometry geometry validations but nothing that you can actually put on your skates um, okay. I'd say until the past six years. It is, you know, what I find it interesting is that it's it's known that in the '90s we were big and we had a lot of numbers, and because we were producing so much, we could actually in a factory line we would go in front of the line very often, very easily because we were producing a lot. Nowadays, with the numbers, now it's a bit better. We all know it, but over the past. 5, 10, 15 years, the numbers were not there. So it was very hard for us to get on top of the line before anyone else because they were just producing more and the factories, obviously, they want to make money. So this was actually an amazing way to st start getting our development faster. From what you said, there is a possibility, obviously, that we can scale with those products and it's all about the technology maybe to get there in a couple of years. Is that it? 
in a couple of years we're going to be able to or we're still very far away from it for us to buy a pair of skates like that I wouldn't say far but it's what it's would you say Claudio it's, it's always hard to guess this stuff with all the envir- environmental stuff going on um, I would say five years ten tops and we have a really uh, widespread um, possibilities of 3D printing and a lot of industries will change quite drastically. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, the economy, who will survive? No, I mean, stuff is changing all the time and yeah, the industry will have to adapt. And, That's for sure. Yeah. The link for anyone watching this right now, and we have almost 100 people watching this right now. The, the link that people can see below, it's, um, it's where you put all your projects. Yes. Well, I try to gather like everything that's open source and free to print. Because mm-hmm. I was like, when I started, I put some stuff up on Thingiverse, and then I suddenly like, I noticed there are other blade parts on there. And then you see Facebook and Instagram and you start contacting people and it's just trying to get like all available parts on one place for the people who want to play with it. And yeah, what I do is I, I give out as well the source files. So if you can model 3D, you can take my my files and try your own designs, make your custom stuff out of it. And yeah, if somebody wants like some crazy frame, contact me and if I have time, <laughs> I'm gonna do some, give it a try, put something now together. Now the thing like. is, <laughs> This is the next question, and this is obviously where it needs to go. How is the rest of the skating industry going to react with this? I'm going to make this question to Justin, because I know that Justin has been producing uh, like like age blocks for, for ground control, or he made the backslide plate for a skate that is actually it's currently selling like the the razor's cult justin where do you think this is going like imagine do you think you're going to be i I, i'm sorry this might seem like a stupid question i don't know but like do you think you're going to you're going to be competing like with razors when you make a backslide plate or you don't see it that way Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily competition or that it even gets in their way. You know, I'm certainly not making, let alone selling the numbers that they're doing. Um, I think it's maybe complimentary. I think, if anything, it it probably brings people's interest back into their skate. They're like, oh, you know, I loved the Colt boot 15, 20 years ago, whatever. It's like, I can get these different parts for it. Maybe I'll pick up a pair of Colts and I'll get these custom parts. Um, I think it's kind of similar to what UFS maybe did for the industry almost 20 years ago now um, where things were becoming boot only more often and you could buy either a different company's frame or a third party frame. I think, I think it's maybe something more like that. I think boots are probably the hardest thing to 3d print and certainly the furthest off where as Kyle said that soles and frames are the most practical, but can't get any use out of a pair of soles or frames without a boot. So I think it's complimentary, not uh, competitive. Okay, awesome. And the thing is, you can actually, that's what you all of you guys have been doing, is 
you guys go to some products that we had in the past that we all wanted them to be different and you can change them into something that it makes them even more desirable. I'm going to give you like obviously the example of either Kyle's, I think Kyle, was the soap plates that you made for Joe, the aluminum yeah. ones, were they 3D printed or were they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they were 3D printed aluminum soap plates. There's laser cut aluminum that I made for myself and Claudio and Joe. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't have, they're in the garage. Um, and the That's ones that luck. just, yeah. So Joe has laser cut aluminum and he has also uh, 3D printed alumide. Okay. Is that what it's getting now? Yeah. Okay. You want to explain what the alumide I mean, is? Because for someone that... From the metal to the semi-metal. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, sorry, what was the question? Uh, if you wanted to explain what the alumide is, like for someone who doesn't really know. Yeah. Uh, so alumide is a mixture of of aluminum and nylon powder, uh, say 15% aluminum powder to 85% nylon powder. Um, and that makes, I guess where it has a benefit for skating is that it's, it's really hard and it slides well, but it doesn't take so long to break in like a full aluminum part. And it's also, you can print it. Um, yeah, that, that's essentially what it is. I think that what is really cool, say for myself, having a, a new company that's a year and a half old, um, making, my, making frames, it allows me to, to experiment really quickly and also offer new or variations of a design to customers. Um, at the same time, I think what's what's also really cool is that, uh, to myself being able to put these the Solomon files that I made for Joe, or that I made for myself and Joe, um, up as open source, and then linking to the open source files that that Claudio and Justin are making, and also as somebody uh, like. I wouldn't say out of the industry, but like kind of integrating themselves in the industry like Justin is, is also really cool because it, it kind of pushes the, it pushes innovation and the, and the, the conversation about our equipment, um, which I would say that normally customers or skaters generally didn't have, uh, the barrier of entry is very high. If you need to learn or need to get a 3D program, need to learn the 3D program, need to find out somebody who can cut this stuff or make this stuff by hand or however, and then get the, and then be able to, to replicate it and get it to people was something that didn't exist, uh, I'd say until quite recently. So this, uh, you, can, you can see in Justin's work is really cool because it, it shows that there are latent needs and there's also that people have with their, their equipment, uh, of course, and there are user specific needs. 
and it shows that it's something that's accessible with investing a not a crazy amount of time which is like really awesome cool. then other people yeah. are getting into 3d printing then people are seeing then maybe it's also seeing what stuff is out there that you can and we're justin said that it's complementary what stuff is out there that you can use as a platform so maybe there's uh, a shell that you like but you want to make a new skull plate and maybe there's something open source maybe it, it inspires somebody to learn how to make something on their own so i think to to also ins- let's say inspire and engage people to be more creative is let's say good for skating good now yeah, let me can. let me go like I'm gonna. I'm, we have like about like 20 minutes to go, and I'm gonna get some questions that we have from the people watching. We have like almost 100 people watching. But before going there, I need to make one last question to you guys before we start answering questions from the people watching. And that is for someone who has. I have an online skate shop now that I live in Portugal, and I still have one physical skate shop in Portugal, and being completely honest with you guys um this is something that gets me very very excited my skater side of it my shop owner side of it is actually i don't know if i can say scared but it's very curious and i believe that the companies not me like i work with a company too are actually very curious to see what's going to happen what do you guys think it's going to happen like I'm going to give like an example. A lot of people know USD. We're talking about aggressive skates. All of you guys are aggressive skaters. If we could try to to predict the future, <laughs> what's going to be the future of USD, Claudio, as an example? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> no, I just want to go a little step back to your shop question. Um, I do. I work partly in a skate shop just to get my head away from the computer. I'm going to spend two days a week. And I noticed that we barely sell soul plates <clears throat> or frames anymore. Like most of the people buy like one or two pair of complete skates a year and then they spend the rest of the money on wheels. So that's like one of my ideas. So you can reduce the parts that people won't buy or like just a little section of the people, like a little percentage of the people will buy. So you have like, if you have 1000 skaters and like, 100 of them are going to buy new soul plates like twice a year. It may be more interesting that you offer them like individual solutions, like the, the wide soul plate, the small soul plate, the one with a big groove, the one with a shallow groove, a small groove, instead of like printing a thousand soul plates that you might not sell anyway. I like not printing, just producing. And that might be a way to go. So you have like your the skates, the liners, the wheels, maybe the frames, and then you have like three options of soul plates that you can order on demand. So they order it and you send it to the printer. Maybe for a high price, maybe a better material, custom custom work. And if you if you partner up with a company, you can probably get like a good price on it, especially in the time to come when it gets cheaper. Okay, so basically for someone like especially you, any of you guys, if- yeah. Where they already had the skate configurator on the website. Like okay. where you can put in all the stuff. 
Well, that's I can see. Where I can I see. see like Basically, one direction you could go as a shop. Mm, I can imagine what you mean. Like or imagine that would be designer. the stock skate. It's basically, they already do it somehow with speed skates. If you think on speed skating, they, they have like the current stock skates. And then if you're like one of the top skaters, you make your own custom skate. So this could actually be something that can be done with the 3D printing until it's very <laughs> achievable or affordable if it ever going to get there. Um, but that's maybe a way. Would that be it, Kyle, or do, would you see it differently? I'd say if I to, maybe to go to the question about the shop that you like, how mm -hmm. shops exist or how this kind of integrates into the market. I think it, I think it opens up. I don't think it's cannibalizing anything. I think it's it's essentially opening up new opportunities to create higher value product um, to expand the market to add uh, customizable solutions to the market. Like uh, even for example, um, HP has a partnership with Superfeet, which basically means a shop, a running shop or a skate shop or a ski shop can have this scanning system, uh, the equipment in their shop that's the software is run by uh, Superfeet makes custom orthotic insoles and they're able to scan and and make the data around the pressure points of somebody's foot and the shop is providing the service of and they have the training and all of this to be able to have uh, custom insoles made for uh, for somebody's ski boots or for somebody's running shoes or it's in in the very near future for somebody's skate. So it's it's adding new options for shops that are already doing well and engaging with their customers and having a certain level of expertise rather than just standard trade. Okay. Um, I think that, that any in any case, the future of retail is about the customer experience and the, the expertise of the people in the shops more than just going to a shop because they're the only people they're the only person in town that has anything because I mean there's first in the US there's Amazon there's all these most of a lot of so many of the skate shops actually you don't go to to buy the stuff in any case you're buying it online um, but I mean there's also there's other things coming like AliExpress and all that that, that are that are going to be changing a lot of things so I think that the companies, I think there's going to be a lot of options available to customers. And I think the companies need to figure out what their specific position is and where they, where companies and shops are really adding value to, to the end customer experience. Okay. And I think, I it. think there's going to be opportunities for, uh, to somebody like myself or somebody like Claudia or Justin, if you wanted to, if you if you have a new idea that you want to sell, that it gives you this platform to 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 be a part of the the marketplace, which wasn't existing before. I mean, that's connecting the internet with these physical technologies that we're talking about, which is like that's really fucking cool. Yeah, what we have people saying here on the comments is that we have 
check this. Let's see. 3D printing is for advancing tech or the environment with money of a large company backing in R&D, not for mass production. It's basically what you guys have been saying. So yeah. it will allow us more to... Um, let me see. I don't know how to take this off now. I'm not very good with this. Sorry, sorry. I said he summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to make you a question. Like, you actually said that it's possible, it's possible to produce basically everything 3D printed and Adidas and Nike are making shoes already. Now, we've been talking about soap plates. We've been talking about frames. We spoke about the shell. I made this question before, but no one heard it. Is it possible to produce liners and wheels, Kyle? Uh, liners, yes. There's a... I mean, Claudia, it's, it's over by you, this guy in Lucerne making uh, 3D printed liners for ski boots. Mm. Tailored fits. Is it? What's the name of the company? Is it not a company tailored or just fits. a? Yeah, tailored fits. It's a Swiss uh, ski brand. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, he's printing okay. liners. He's been printing liners for the past like four years. Awesome. Like from the whole thing is printed, or then you the put like your own laces. I'm... Okay. Yeah. Oh, these are the guys yeah. that use the old plastic. Yeah. The plastic from the old ski. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, what about so, wheels? Do you think? And what's and something that's really cool happening in Switzerland is there's a there's a company uh, here locally to Claudio and I that is taking old ski boots, grinding them down, creating from this very high quality uh, polyurethane that ski boots are made out of, uh, grinding it down and making. Uh, the, the filament for 3D printing out of used ski boots and essentially creating um, like this recycled new material again that you can use to print stuff. <laughs> I mean, actually, so much of it needs That's really cool. Uh, so much of it needs like time and experimentation. I think actually there's so much technology available to us, and the technology is so high in the in footwear, in sport, in automotive, in uh, in medical, it's more about actually more people having more time to and funds to to do it and to find out what's possible because there's only so much that uh, actually each person can do if they want to do a good job at it. Awesome, you so got someone like, here. We, we have to collectively like advance this and then and i think what's also really cool is like collectively advancing it and learning from each other and mm -hmm. sharing and this is this is also something that's quite new yeah i, I yeah. call it the democratic design so like a lot of people trying it giving feedback making making their own parts and you have like in the end if possible everybody's happy with his design it fits his style and people can share it and get inspired by each other yeah makes sense we got some we have someone here making a question i didn't even about a material that i didn't even know it's basically it's the same guy and 
is I think alumide versus carbonide. Is that actually even a product that can be used in skating? Yeah, it's just uh, it's more expensive and the the access to it is different than alumide. That's that's the only reason. Okay. And this and what carbon, about the wheels? This carbon is like pretty toxic to work with. So actually, okay. <laughs> I don't like that people have to work with it. So I don't use it. <laughs> Probably get a lot that of splinters on grinding. Right. No, like wow. Carbon yeah. dust is in the air when you're when it's being processed. It's like, right. It's really it's really terrible. But yes, but that's even like when you. It's a high performance even, material. <laughs> yeah. Have you been in a factory that where they produce the carbon? Inline yeah. skates or something like that. It's terrible. It's I don't know how people can work there. It's crazy. Yeah, these resins at a factory. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. Sorry, I'm gonna go back to the same wheels. You said <laughs> the liners. It's possible. Wheels. Not there yet, or. I mean. Uh, no, that you can like readily pr easily print wheels. No, but actually, Claudio made Antirocco so you can print. Well, so grand wheels, yes. And the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna send you a set of eight of the rock of the quark bottoms. Okay, so we can we can <laughs> skate it. <laughs> Justin, what do we have coming next? What are you working next? What's what am I gonna be your on? next? Yeah, I'm trying to get my sole plates and frames to be scalable. So that's printing with nylon or an SLS of some kind. So I can really skate them and then move on to the next step, see if I like them as they are, and then decide whether that's makes sense to go forward with 3D printing, whether they need to be sh machined or whether they should be injected. First, I have to find out if I definitely like the design. So for me, I'm still in prototype stages on everything. And not that I'm trying to start a business or make any products. I really just want to make this stuff for myself, but uh, I just, I'm still in the learning process. Um, and Kyle and Claudio have both helped me out a lot, which has been great. And I, thanks to those guys. Uh, yeah, still figuring it out, seeing where I'm going to go next. Sorry, one question. Are, aren't you selling those backslide plates and the, and um, the age blocks for the ground controls too? Yeah. So Can right people buy now, those? Yeah, so right now we've got the rockable six millimeter spacers for the ground control twos and the H blocks okay. for those, as well as the ground control one. So you can find these on my website. And I, I have these made through iMaterialize, so they're all made to order. Um, and I'm so I am still working on the backslide plate for the cult there. This was version one, well skated. A lot of people ask about these on concrete, and I've got to say they're incredible. It just feels like a harder plastic. Um, it's more like plastic than it is like metal for anyone that has uh, those questions about alumide sticking on concrete and reacting like aluminum. It doesn't. It reacts more like a harder plastic. Um, but yeah, so this is version two of the backslide plate. Really difficult to see with the uh, washout, but one more version of these, and then I have to design size two, and then those will be available. Awesome. Claudio, nice. we're coming to an end soon. What are you working on? I saw that you posted something on your Instagram. Yeah, I, I'll do some. Um, this is the point where I'm a little bit afraid of um, do some Salomon stuff, like the quick lace, the little notches. Um, you guys, you know, you know these guys. 
So I want like make a universal version of this. So I made the very fast lacing system. You can find it on my Instagram or I'm probably in a couple of days on the rebooting page. And yeah, I'm working on the, I think the 30 shell is next for Salomon at the 29 and the 30. And after that, I'm working on a soul plate, um, on the new frame and the soul plate for the them excess. Because I got the smaller shell like. and nothing fits that I have. All my friends are like too large, too long. I'm going to ask you for something and we're going to, we're, I'm going to ask live. You know, the thing that you're doing, though, what you just said, like the, I call it the lace, uh, the very fast lacing system. The very fast lacing system that blocks the laces, right? Yes. You think it's possible to do something like that, but instead of having two holes, having one hole only, and that coming on the place where people usually put the 45 degree strap, yeah. that could actually make the same work as a 45 degree strap because you can lace the, the lace, you can block the laces there and then tighten it from there. Yes. Sure. So it would. <laughs> would that work, Kyle? Kyle was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it'll work. <laughs> also, no, I'm, Kyle. Thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking that you can make anything you just have to spend time on it of course that's the and point I know, how, I know how busy Claudio is <laughs> because people now, the question to you Kyle what are you spending time on right now related to skating I know that you spend time in a lot of stuff and you, you're that and I know how that is But are you spending time in anything related to skating that you can talk about? Uh, yeah, there's new... I'm working on my own stuff. There's new frames coming. There's... Uh, new frames? Wait. Is that a whole new solo frame or...? Yeah. Awesome. You don't need to say <laughs> anything. It's good that way. <laughs> Actually... It's like sort of new solo frame. It's right behind me, but I'm not going to show you the details of it. It's right so, behind you. It's right there. It's in these boxes. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's say like improved. Um, yeah, I'm working with on my stuff. I'm working with Dead. I'm working with them, Rollerblade, and Intuition. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot going on. I don't know. What, what are you doing with Intuition? I mean, they make liners. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, no, I know. I, 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 I didn't use. I know. Right I just didn't knew that you you were working with them. I didn't knew that you. Yeah, yeah that's all. That's all I can say. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess we're coming to an end. We had one hour. Um, I learned a lot. I hope that whoever watching this was watching this at home learned. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't, it kind of feels like it's not enough time. And I don't know. Do you, uh, do you guys have anything else that you would like to say or? I don't know. And just if you, if you like, just learn to make it, like if you don't like a part, learn to make uh, your own parts. Yeah. So there's enough resources online. You get enough free tools <clears throat> and tutorials and Yeah, I think it's something yeah. that's really easy to get started in. That's how yeah, I started. I think, I think, I think Justin is a really awesome case here. 
Because, like, Claudia and I spent a lot of time, <laughs> like, learning how, I mean, also in the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years to, like, like learning these programs and all of this stuff. And there's so much new stuff available that's much, uh, yeah, this, the technologies and the learning is, is much more accessible. So I would really, uh, like... I would really say if you're if you're interested in 3D printing or interested in making custom stuff, like it's it's a uh, like now's the time. It's yeah. I think it's something really fulfilling to to make something for yourself that you can yeah. actually use and that other, also other people are stoked about. So uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, basically, it's like, I don't know, that's that's kind of like how I started is if you're one of those kids that used to draw on paper, now there's actually a way to bring that from paper to reality. It's kind of like yeah. that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's fun. Accessible I mean, it's like, it's for everyone. Like video games right. and Legos at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's pretty awesome. Awesome. And everybody has opinions oh. about how skates should be made. Absolutely. So, <laughs> let me time let to, me just for anyone. <laughs> sorry, Carl. You wanna you wanna say something else? Okay. No. So let me just say something. It might be interesting for someone watching this. If there's any industrial designer, I know that you're super busy, but I just saw it today on LinkedIn that PowerSlide is actually looking for an industrial designer. So if you know of any industrial designer looking to work in the skating industry, that might be interesting to put. In this video, people are watching. There might be people interested in it. So I just thought it would be a good way to finish this, giving a job opportunity to someone. <laughs> and that is it. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It was a different one. It's whole new for me. I'm a completely newbie when it comes to 3D printing. It was... Yeah, we were just like... I think we were just scratching the surface. In Definitely. In some ways. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was really cool and... Thank you to everybody that got in yeah. here. Yeah, thanks for having us. That's cool. No, thank thanks you, man. It really, for me, it's awesome. And to be able to share these with the people that follow what I've been doing, it's awesome. And if there's a possibility for some of you guys to actually have your own, like I know that Claudio is sharing a lot of his work and I, all of you guys are sharing a lot of what you're doing and Claudio's platform is awesome. But as you guys saying that it's um, easy, like not easy, but like, achievable for someone to start doing it that could maybe be a good way to start sharing skate content or how to produce skates or something not for me because it's, i really don't have any time for that but for someone if someone has the time to to be able to share it, that would be awesome and i know that you guys are super super busy so maybe the idea stays for someone <laughs> <laughs> and that is it thank you so much guys and like I said before, if you enjoyed this one, I said in every single video, well, don't forget to subscribe to the channel if this is the first time that you're watching any of these. You can always click on that bell and you'll get a notification every time that we go live or every time I post a video. And the, more, the most important than any other thing that I might say, it's what I always say, and that is just never, ever, ever forget why we all started. And that is because it's fun. So... Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>